It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 11 of the Redirect Podcast. It's Friday, August 4th, 2017. Or is it August 4, 2017? I don't know. Uh, I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media. Uh, and once again, welcomed by Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. There certainly was a bit of movement within the search scape or digital marketing scape this week. So there's quite a bit going on. So we'll go ahead and get, get kind of right into it here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lead off this week. Um, my big thing that I went after was some more paid search related items for me. Um, so what I was really interested in, and I kind of I kind of honed in on this one, um, occasionally I'll participate in the PPC chat that happens on Twitter. Mm. So hashtag PPC chat. Um, and, and actually this morning there was a post that went live from Matt Umbro, who is actually with Who's Matt with Hannapin Marketing? And Matt actually runs PPC search or PPC chat for crying out loud. Um, so he wrote a really great guest article on Search Engine Land about how to effectively segment accounts with multiple locations. Mm. And I think regardless of multiple locations, what I found really, there's really, really good pieces of information in here and he lays it out and walks through it um, whether you are a novice to AdWords or you're seasoned, that it, it really is a good reminder. And I think maybe why I latch on to it is we had some discussions, at least Patrick, you and I did, about maybe a campaign that I was responsible for that I wasn't exactly proud of the way in which I set it up. And I owned up to that. And it wasn't, it wasn't that it performed badly. It performed really well. It was strictly from a management perspective the way that it was set up, it just sucked for me to be able to manage it and to report on it. And that's really what Matt gets at in the core of this of this blog post is, you know, really what's the best account structure? And and I'm gonna remove the the sentence that he says from multi-location business advertisers. I think this is really good to say what's the best structure just from a, a general perspective. So if you're a company that does target multiple locations, there's a way to kind of push and pull your strategy. And, and really what it comes down to is kind of this, um, what I'll call one account with, with location-based campaigns, or perhaps it's maybe it's store-level campaigns, mm -hmm. or um, we might do it based off of a service or product level um, or interest, whatever the intent is. So um, maybe here we're in Grand Rapids and we have a general West Michigan or Grand rapids focus. Geo, and then we have one that's like the east side of the state, so like the Detroit uh, market, and then we also might have one that's in the Chicago market. You know, essentially what you're going to do is you have a single account, so a single AdWords account, all your billing's happening there, and then inside of there you have you have these campaigns. As my phone's ringing rudely in the middle of this, you have campaigns that are based off of the geography that you're targeting. The ad groups, for the most part, are the same within all those campaigns. It's just the only biggest difference there is that you're targeting a specific region. And it makes it a lot easier for reporting. It makes it a lot easier to uh, understand, as Matt points out, 
um, location-specific keywords. So if you're in Chicago, you know, it's, it's this service, you know, not just near me, but it's this service near, maybe it's a particular landmark in Chicago or a particular geographic region within the Chicagoland area or Detroit, etc. Um, Location-specific ad copy. Um, if you're recruiting, doing recruitment ads for jobs to kind of tie back into what we talked about in the last episode, um, I want to be very specific about the location of that. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a nationwide uh, recruiter, firm, uh, company, and I have jobs in these various markets, you certainly don't want to necessarily run those on a national basis uh, and, and have just general creative. Mm-hmm. And then also location-specific ad creatives. And so... So Matt touches really kind of on the surface of that, but that could be anything from uh, local call extensions. So here in, in West Michigan, it could be a 616 number, 269 if you're in Kalamazoo, 313 if you're in, in Detroit. And then you can have, if you do have actual physical locations, having the address tied to that, or maybe there's different, um, if we're talking about recruitment, there's different job opportunities in those markets or there's only a specific set of services that happen mm-hmm. within that market too. So it really can help from a, a management and a day-to-day operations perspective, uh, as well as like, you know, whether you're doing weekly type reports on a performance level or monthly reporting to to a client or to your 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 next direct report. Um, it's really a great way to to go ahead and just outline your campaign. So sometimes we need a good reminder of that. Um, yeah, I sometimes I know you, you, I you don't say think I know about that. We, yeah. we just did that with uh, that trucking campaign in Texas. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we switched from one segment of Texas to another segment of Texas, and uh, really, it was we just almost copied, pasted, and changed keyword, changed keywords. But none of the I actually went through the content, the ad copy, and there wasn't really any changes to be made just right. because it wasn't specific to activities going on in that area it mm-hmm. was um just trying to reach potential drivers in the yeah area. yeah and then sometimes too you don't know that until you start to generate a little bit of data and can right. start to do some a b testing in ad copy but could you imagine if you were running that and didn't have it segmented that way mm-hmm. the the opportunity to a b test uh the ad copy to see how it was going to perform is a, an right. absolute nightmare right but yeah so i thought that was really good we'll make sure we link to that one um just a really good, I think there's some good notes that Matt has on uh, top level as well as more in-depth. So um, I'll let either of you two go ahead and jump on the next topic. I'll jump in. Ashley's staring at me. <laughs> um, You're, are you still indecisive about your topics? No, I have my topics. I just didn't think that it, I've, my topics would flow as well. Huh. Ashley, Ashley's, right. in this episode, Ashley says, oh, no, I have multiple topics, which means we'll see how prepared she is oh, with yeah. the topics. She's the, she's the backup today. Uh, okay, so I found um, more of a checklist on Search Engine Land published a few days ago, 16 common on-site SEO mistakes you might be making right now. And I pulled out six that... Um, I saw as interesting, you know, a lot of it was kind of no brainer for us that do it every single day, you know, and, uh, it's geared more towards not necessarily in-house people, but just anybody like, again, like, you know, the refresher for the AdWords you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a refresher for the SEO side. Um, first one in there was, um, not using canonical canonicalization frequently enough or well enough. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, 
not mention the article, what I'm I'm seeing a better place it could be used is variations in products. Yeah. You know, you have um, I think I've like said this quantities before, and things colors. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have a product available in four different colors and four different colors have all their own page, you know, it's everything is going to be the same on the page except for the color. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, if you tell Google, let's just pay attention to the one page and then have links to the other page, the other colors yeah. inside that listing. And is that also a, an additional discussion with website owner, air quotes, website owner on better optimizing the e-commerce yeah. experience too? Right. So right. that page doesn't have to refresh. But or if you have you know maybe an older site that. Um, your blog topics have maybe recycled over the, the years and you have similar topics maybe or like various year versions of mm. something in old articles, you can use canonical tags to say, let's, which one do we want to pay attention to? Mm. Or if maybe even later on in, in down the ownership of your site, you start paying more attention to SEO and you suddenly have these two pages and like, well, which one do I want to keep? Well, do your homework and find out which is the better page in the eyes of Google and then canonicalize the old one, the one that's not important. We just ran into that. If you think about the uh, client not to be mentioned, uh, we just ran into that actually that that potentially could work for mm. in, in a piece of content. There's this, there's a great, I would say that the link value is there, the way the URL structures, everything is really, really solid. But quite frankly, the content itself is it sucks and could probably be better um it could be written much better mm-hmm. and and probably eventually win over so you know can you use the canonicalization the canonical tag rel equals canonical can you use that to then help kind of spread that mm-hmm. load or share the mm-hmm. share the wealth if you will so uh the next couple of points i kind of combined into one um it's outbound links uh, we always talk about trying to get links or using internal links, but outbound links, um, as content creators, you really got to ask yourself twice if that outbound link is necessary and how you're using that outbound link. One of our jobs as SEOs is to keep the internet clean and to clean up all the garbage. Mm. Well, should be, should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, whitehead SEOs, I guess, maybe. Uh, look at what your anchor text is. You know, you and I actually just worked on an article of the day and I, I want to go back and relook at the anchor text we mm-hmm. use on it because I don't think we did it properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's along the lines of like, click on this link to see and like, you know, you, you hypertext, hyperlink the word, this link. You know, yeah. that's not good anchor text. You know, it, it, we've got to do a better job than that. Further, it's it's the right amount. Um, it's It's making sure that that link also isn't just an outbound link for the sake of an outbound link to add some kind of silliness to the article, or maybe it's not really relevant to the main message. It's got to just line up. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're just not really sure about that outbound link and why you're using it, or if it's super important, maybe just don't use it. Hmm. <laughs> That's really great. Um, internal, uh, let's see. Internal links. Okay, well that we did that one. URLs should have... Um, more parent file folders as they go. Don't just do flat URLs. If you're down in different levels of um, the menus, your URL needs to be organized cleaner than just being .com slash fourth level article. You know, it needs sure. you need to have those parent pages because not only does it help um, organize it from a user standpoint, it helps tell uh, the Google 
yeah. the importance of that page. Now, does that, would you say that that is more important the bigger <coughs> a website gets? Wow. I got a message. Everybody's getting notifications <laughs> this time. I mean, what if you have a website with maybe 16 pages and there are like multiple levels there? I think that's great. I think it, it helps. It, it, there isn't really a right or a wrong. It's just making sure it's clean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know when I'm doing site mapping for when we onboard clients or uh, something along those lines, I get really lost in the weeds sometimes when it's a couple hundred pages and maybe one segment of the site is maybe 40 pages and I can't tell the order where they belong or what's going on and I'm just a user trying to map this out. Well, if... Um, if search engines don't know either, that can be just as frustrating and then move on. Well, think about it. I mean, if we're if we're breaking a site down into spreadsheet based on the various types of content, uh, page, post, product, service, uh, so that we can understand it and kind of parsing that out, I imagine that a, that a search engine is going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're... I, I think that's a big takeaway with that in terms of just general site structure is that you know, the, the simpler, the better, right? I mean, keep it simple if you follow KISS principles. But I, I think it's okay to have a hierarchical scale mm -hmm. and to understand where where uh, uh, content flows in there, mm -hmm. if you will, from a structured perspective. As long as it's done right. You know, yeah, right. things aren't repeating. Mm -hmm. And it just makes sense to do mm -hmm. it at that point. So, actually, to answer your question, maybe on a 16-page site, mm -hmm. yeah, sure, it, it can but if it doesn't, it needs to flow. Mm -hmm. uh, another point is um, don't use iframes on different pages. I, again, I'm, I've not ever worked with iframes, so I don't I'm, understand. I'm, I'm frustrated by the fact that we're even still talking about yeah, iframes. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of model as far as a site goes, and Google can't quite read it. It's, it's not as bad as, a, say, a flash but it's, it's kind of along those same lines. It's still old. But yeah, it's old, but it, it's out there. Don't use them, people. <laughs> um, and last, add transcripts to video pages. I thought that yes. was kind of an interesting mm -hmm. one. You know, they, the article <clears throat> said, uh, whoever was sourcing this point, on a, a test of 37 pages, 16% saw increases in revenue when they added transcripts. Interesting. Yeah. And we are quick to think about it from a perspective of that text being able to potentially bring in traffic. But I just participated in a um, Twitter chat the other day with Christina Halverson about content strategy. And this came up, videos and transcripts. And a lot of people um, brought up the fact that besides the, having the text that could bring in um, search traffic, there's also the issue of like ADA compliance, American Disability Act compliance, mm. which a lot of people mm -hmm. probably don't think about, mm -hmm. but um, that's huge, especially when you think about um, empathy uh, that's come up in some research that I've done recently. So uh, I honestly, I am pretty ignorant of the requirements for being ADA compliant for websites. I know that um, like government websites should be compliant. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but anyway, that's kind of a tangent. But, that hmm. but on the transcription side too, not to railroad it too much, but there are services out there that will do it. Mm -hmm. I know um, Moz with their Whiteboard Friday uses, uh, it's called SpeechPad, so speechpad.com. And pricing is, you know, it's, it, it varies. If, if this was a video, you know, our, our podcast was a video, uh, we average about 25 minutes, let's say, for this. 
Um, you know, you're probably, uh, I'm looking at their pricing page right now, so standard five-day turnarounds, like $25, $25 it's probably going to cost you to do that. But, but if you think about the potential time that's saving, because if that's, really, if that's scripting all of your on-page content for you, you know, mm. that's a win-win. Right. So. Right. The ADA thing is an interesting side effect of that conversation, too. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of um, the Netflix series, The OA. Oh. If you're not, I don't think you guys have watched that one. Mm-hmm. I know that I watched that Different series. than the OC, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Completely different. different but um, the main character is blind, <clears throat> and there's a couple of uh, scenes where she's using a computer on a Braille keyboard, and there is, she does a... a uh, like a like a a generic Google search. It's like another word with two O's in the middle of it. But uh, it, the results are read back to her online. Mm-hmm. So you got to think like if you're someone does a search for you, how is your site going to be read back out loud? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Or the content on your page, how does it flow? I just remembered that I read an article the other day that had some more resources on transcription and oh, cool. how actually Facebook and YouTube have it built in. And, um, and they, there are ways to go back and edit and make sure that everything is lining up. Oh, right nice. Too, yeah, so. I would be concerned with that. You know, much like Google Translate, I would be like, is that really mm-hmm. the proper approach or not? So if yeah. I can find that resource again, I'll make sure to link that in our blog post Excellent. as well. Did we railroad your topic too no, much? No, okay. that was okay, actually, cool. yeah, the awesome. transcripts was awesome. the uh, sixth of the um, six points I pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, great. Well, I... This is a little bit of a um, lighthearted note. I had put some asterisks next to a URL for a post that I wanted to talk about in this podcast, and I clicked on the link that was underlined that included those asterisks, and I was brought to a 404 page for um, Seer Interactive. And oh, come on! But no, but. It actually gave me something to talk about here because they have a really creative 404 page. Um, another dollar in the 404 charity jar. The page mm. you're looking for was not found. And then it says, try searching or using the main navigation. We'll track our 404s and donate the total charity, the total oh, to charity dang. at the end of the year. Um, in 2016, they had donated um, $1,147 worth of 404 page errors. Is that good or bad? So there you go. Um, (laughs) So the point, you know, obviously you don't want 404 pages. Obviously this was definitely user error that brought me to this 404 page. Um, But it just got me on the train of thought of creative 404 pages because I actually Mm -hmm. just saw saw one the other day that I'm sure was not user error, that there was actually something that the site had wrong. But there was like, oh, let's... Look, let's help you find what you're looking for. And they had a link to this resource, link to this resource, link to re- this resource. And then it said cat gif. And there was just, <laughs> they're just as funny. Wait, a what? Uh, Wait, no, what? what? It's well, the peanut butter that moms yeah, approve. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the correct way to say it. You don't, that's, uh, yeah. Okay. The debate is that's, that's, that's another uh, <laughs> podcast, I believe. Uh, yeah. I I'm making enemies you. today. But anyway... That was that's a tangent. The the four hundred four. But, but I think it, I think it's really great. I, I think you know. So uh, Will Reynolds uh, is the founder of Sierra Interactive, and and having heard Will speak a number of times and having multiple conversations with him, I mean that that is very very genuine. Very much that their culture comes through there. So they've done two things here, which I think is very smart, and that's uh, a four hundred four page that is helpful. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think that's the number one thing, kind of first step, if you, if you don't have a custom 404 page, have a custom 404 page that can be helpful. Like, oops, hey, sorry, uh, oh, it's, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Uh, hey, while you're at it, why don't you take a moment and listen to the, the, the latest episode of the Redirect Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this case, Sierra has gone the community route, which they are very open about talking about uh, donating, giving back to the community. So why not saying, hey, we screwed up, but here's how we're making things good in the community. Yeah. I mean, that's really great, right? Yeah. You know, your, your child swears there's a, there's a quarter in the, in the jar. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And again, going back to your point of it being helpful, the fact that it says, you know, <clears throat> try using the search, the search bar is right below there. Um, or use the main navigation. I mean, nice. it's just, you know, it's helpful telling people how they can find what they're looking for. So I, wanted to share that but the actual article that I <laughs> wanted to share from yes, here <laughs> yeah I found it I took out my asterisks and it is um, from Adam Melson and just the other from just the other day it's called we eliminated 84 low quality posts here's what happened and that's something that's been on my mind lately as I've been kind of auditing the legacy blog posts for some of our clients right now um, and even for some of our own posts that maybe aren't as relevant anymore. Um, so they had gone through and removed 84 of their blog posts that they, good chunk. That, yeah, that they decided um, were either, you know, just off topic for them or um, they, they had um, like tons of broken images and just weren't very useful. Is that... Uh, Sorry to interrupt, what kind of context? Are we talking about like out of like a thousand articles, uh, 200 that's articles? Oh, that's, good. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. What's eight, the scale? Eight, 85 right? yeah. blog posts for us would... <laughs> Knock us out. <laughs> would, we'd have zero. We'd have negative 20. <laughs> but the... Um, it's 9% of their total. 9%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a legit. decent chunk. Yeah. 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 Been the content marketing game for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Um, and I like, again, the transparency because they... Uh, the blog post mentioned that... They had a post about, gosh, uh, something about selling your MySpace page. And, you know, and... I just deleted mine today. (laughs) Guilty. Seriously? Just deleted it this morning. Yep. (laughs) After all these years. Wow. Yep. You know what it was? I was tired of getting their BS emails that kept getting sent to me over the past years. You know what? I'm out. Wow, you've uh, been pretty true to the same email address for a while then. Yep, yep. Mm. I'm out. Mm. <laughs> so OG, they, OG email. They realized that the, you know, this post about selling their MySpace page wasn't really relevant to everything else that they are, you know, wanting to talk about on their blog and, and be associated with uh, through their website. So, um there were these reservations, you know, these are all headings in the blog post, but the traffic, but the rankings, but the links. Um, and, you know, what if things went really bad? So they did end up seeing a positive increase in rankings overall, but they also lost a lot of keywords that were bringing traffic to their mm, website. Re- um, relevant keywords, though. Right. MySpace. That, right, exactly. <laughs> so it depends on how you look at it. Um, again, going back to kind of the culture that they have there, you know, uh, at the end of it all, they kind of deemed that it wasn't an unsuccessful 
test because they learned from it and they, you know, the site is now more on brand for them and a better experience for searchers and Google. Um, so this is a direct quote. This could be the difference for someone who is doing their due diligence when evaluating whether or not they want to work with Seer. You know, if they find these, you know, yeah, they stumble really upon great. them through these old blog mm. posts that just aren't on topic, aren't relevant, aren't um, even like, you know, MySpace, who cares about MySpace anymore? Right. <laughs> so I just, I found that pretty relevant to questions that I've had. And obviously you, that's a test that you want to, you want to, think about before you do it for your own page. But the good thing is with WordPress, you can move live posts into drafts so you can always reinstate them, you know, so you're not deleting well, them. But I think it brings up a really great point, though, is that how many... We've talked about it on, on multiple occasions and covered it in a couple different podcasts, and we'll probably still continue to talk about it. It's going to continue to come up. So maybe that's, you know, people can key into that and understand is that you can't always just create content to create content for search sake. Like if mm -hmm. it doesn't encompass what your brand is about and what it stands for, not everyone is going to trust you. Yeah. There's going to be some people that you can probably dupe into buying your services or your products. And it is what it is. Um, I was trying to say that in somewhat of a creepy way. Like, but then at the, at the end of the day, like if you don't do something, why are you talking about it just strictly from a search value perspective? Like, is it really, is it related? Is it relevant? Do you even have any expertise or knowledge in that mm -hmm. space? Because if not, then get rid of it. In this case, it's MySpace, which, you know, maybe that could be changed and talk about the, the, the shifts and changes with MySpace mm -hmm. as a landscape because Sear does some a little bit of social, I believe, probably more on the paid social side. But they promote themselves probably much like we do in that they're, they're search engine marketers, search engine optimizers. Um, you know, that's, that's the go-to. So it's, I think it's interesting to stay, to stay true to your brand yeah. and to keep your content within context as well. So Yes. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in the post, he even said something about how the MySpace related post was from back when they were doing less than purposeful link building is the, the terminology that was used. So like 2011. So probably. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So. Let's fire up the uh, Google Plus here soon too. <laughs> that is the number one user, what, user satisfaction. That's the social media channel that's voted number one for user satisfaction for, two, for the past year. Really? Is it, a, yes. is it a survey conducted by the employees of Google who are forced to respond that way? It's like consumer sentiment. No, it's something. all it's all SEOs. I mean, that's all. Right. I don't even I don't remember the source exactly, but I did just read that the other day. Interesting. Shocked. Shocked. Hmm. Anyway, that's hmm. fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting close on time, so I'm gonna share I'm gonna share one more throw it out there for debate, and uh, and and see where it goes. I have a couple different different routes to go, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay on point with our brand. And I would like to talk about the new, uh, potential changes that are going to come with search console. Mm -hmm. So AKA Google webmaster tools, AKA search console. So the official Google webmaster central blog, uh, dated, uh, from Tuesday of this week, August 1st. Um, so search console was, is a little bit more than a decade old. Um, which, which is nuts to think about. And 
you know, it originally was was created to really better understand how to improve a site's performance, right? That's that's the gist of it. Um, so they've got some new items that are either rolling out in live environment now, um, and then some possible betas, which the betas are going to be you know put out to a select few. Um, and again, it's probably those major brands, big websites uh, that we've talked about before. Um, so we as as SEOs use um, Search Console quite a bit, as well as um, quite a few of our clients use it. We we all kind of use it in conjunction and talk about that data and report on it. Um, but it's it's interesting that you know Search Console hasn't you know maybe been without its faults. And, and the community, meaning the, the digital marketing community, SEO community, has certainly called that out mm-hmm. in the past certainly year, if not couple of years, that sometimes that data just doesn't match up with quote-unquote reality and other third-party tools, be it you know, doing crawl reports in Moz and Screaming Frog and then compare that you know, uh, with what Search Console's kicking back or Deep Crawl or and name the tool – Nothing's ever going to match up, and that's fine. But it's interesting how third-party tools are a lot closer than Google's <laughs> own mm-hmm. uh, indexation. Um, so it's it's interesting. There, the big areas, three big things that they are rolling out um, in their in their redesign is uh, more actionable insights, better support of organizational workflow, and then faster feedback loops between. You, the site owner or, or marketer, and Google. So mm-hmm. at the top, more actionable insights. The goal there is that they're focusing on more of the root cause. So a lot of times we'll get an error notification or, hey, something went, something went wrong, uh, wonky. Um, so similar to a bug tracking system, to, to take words right out of their blog posts, or their official posts, is that they're trying to make it easier for you to understand what the issue was. So if Google detected a problem, you can implement a fix. And then if Google detects the fix, you can track the progress and reprocessing of that effective page. So if it gets flagged for Mm -hmm. something, it's penalized for some sort of reason, they're saying they're going to provide more insights with that. And I think that's great because there have been a lot of times where you go, well, I don't understand why this page is being penalized right. or why is this page not indexing or what's going on with this? Right. You know, why does it have crawl errors? And then we have to go and investigate further. Mm-hmm. Um, support on the organizational workflow side. So this is more along the lines of uh, anyone given time. If you have a site, you have multiple people involved. It could be an SEO. It could be a developer. Some of the things that you need to have done could involve a developer um, and Basically, it's it's a way in which you can have multiple people involved in implementing, diagnosing, fixing issues. So you can say, nope, I've already fixed that, or uh, more or less, maybe I assign it to Patrick and say, hey, this is on you. Um, you can fix. You can check this out. So um, it, it's an interesting way to push and pull data based on like w- what kind of feedback you're getting from Search Console. Um, and then the faster feedback loops they said that they've built in a mechanism to allow you to iterate quickly on your fixes and not waste time waiting for Google to recrawl your site, only hmm. to tell you later that it's not fixed. Hmm. So what they're saying is they're, they're going to do some on-the-spot testing of fixes 
uh, automatically speeding up. Now, they're not disclosing if that's done through machine learning or through an individual. Odds are it's machine learning of some sort. Um, that's my assumption on the matter. Um, I have no problem saying you know that I'm Could not a record as, for that. But. Could it be as simple as using the existing feature now where it says fetch as Google? It, it could be, and it's just updated. I was checking right. out Search Console, you know, really as of this morning, and I didn't see, I didn't see anything that was like game changing, right? Um, th- that would. Lead I saw some screenshots that. a week or two ago, and it, it it's a completely different, yeah, user experience, yeah, visually too, for sure. And, and the screenshots that they're including in this, this is very interesting. Are mobile screenshots? They're not desktop screenshots. They've been doing so, that for a lot of mm-hmm, the things mm-hmm. they've been announcing lately. Yep. Yeah. Um, So the two betas are um, uh, index coverage report and AMP fixing flow. So Hmm. the index coverage report is is the the interesting one. Um, Really, it's we we know we can use Search Console and see the number of pages that have been indexed. So the count of pages being indexed. But what they're saying, and this goes back to that reasoning why, is to say, okay, this number of pages have been indexed. So out of 167 submitted, we can index 154 or 157. Hmm. Well, the other 10, why why are they not being indexed? Well, what the hell is going on? Why is it taking so long? That type of thing. So they're, they're, they're calling it coverage data, if you will, index hmm. coverage data. Uh, to any of your submitted sitemaps. So again, that action item is submit your sitemaps. Hmm. Uh, step one, if you don't have a sitemap, create a sitemap. Step two, submit your sitemap through uh, Webmaster Tools Search Console. Um, and then the AMP fixing flow, uh, anybody who's been investigating AMP, using AMP, certainly if you're a news media type publisher, um, <clears throat> there's issues using AMP. Uh, accelerated mobile pages that can affect your site. So not just on the reporting side, but um, being able to, you know, understand if Google's able to, re, you know, crawl, recrawl, are there errors with AMP-specific um, pages issues. So they're going to start to to roll that out in a beta test too. So it's it's really um, it's really fascinating to to go through that and read and try and understand it. But some big changes coming there, and I think that'll be good. So I'm excited to see that, and hopefully they improve the the quality of what's coming out of yeah. Search Console too. So right. I don't know if you what your thoughts are on that as as a user of Search I've, Console too. For what I use Search Console for, I I like its use. Mm-hmm. I think the 90 day window is limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I'd like to see filtering is is yeah. where the money is, right? Right. And, and filtering yeah. queries and, right. and things like that. Uh, I I know there's more features and bells and whistles in Search Console that I could be better using. Um, I haven't formulated a full-on opinion on if, if I, what I do and don't want to see change on it. Yeah. Only because I know that I'm always looking to learn more. Yeah, So maybe totally. I'm not doing it right or there's a better way to do it better. I think, well, I just think that makes you a better marketer anyways, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you're, if you're sitting around waiting instead of investigating and continuously digging, um, then you're going to be, eventually you're going to be behind the times, so... Right. Um, and, and maybe that's just a good point to end on anyways, is that you all should you always should be uh, continuously honing your skills, trying to better understand an industry, vertical, niche, whatever it is, um, and keep pushing things forward. So, yeah. You guys have anything else? No. Awesome. Well, we'll keep an eye out on Search Console then. I'm, I'm yeah. anxious to see how that rolls out. 
Uh, oh, and AdWords, it seems that AdWords has pushed harder that I would say more and more of our campaigns uh, accounts are fully on board with the new beta too. So uh, going through the headache of that transition too. So maybe we can do a, a little bit more of a deeper dive on that yeah. here soon. So um, until the next episode, good luck and carry on. And we'll talk to you soon. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.